Welcome in. Welcome into the first episode of Up Your Units. I'm your host, Colby Marcio, and today is the college football preview show with special guest Joshua Perry, host of the rally on Bally Sports. You can also find Joshua on NBC and Stadium Network. The guy did a fantastic job giving everybody in-depth analysis on what to expect this college football season. We're talking Heisman Trophy winners. Who's going to win the natty? Is Georgia going to do it again? You're going to have to find out. I don't want to take up any more time. Here's Joshua Perry. And now welcoming on a very special guest. He is the host of the rally on Bally Sports. He is also on NBC and Stadium Network, Joshua Perry. Joshua, thank you so much. It's a long time coming. Yeah, no, I'm excited about this. You told me about the concept. I was like, hell yeah, let's rock and roll. So um, a lot of fun. I know we've been, you know, just steeping in storylines all off season. Now it feels like it's about that time. We got week zero right here around the corner. You better believe. I also forgot to mention, uh, you might've seen him on Twitter has the best lunches in any office you've ever been in. This is true. Joshua Perry. Somebody told me that I deserve to be fired for bringing sardines into a workplace. And I told them to go to hell. So did I <laughs> clown. All right, let's get into it. <laughs> Uh, obviously there's a whole lot of hype. We talked to this for, we talked about this before we started recording. There's a lot of hype. There's a lot of buzz every single year. Who, who's hype? Are you just like, I'm not here for it. For me, one of those teams, I'm looking right at LSU. And I, I, I say this as they could win their division this year, mm-hmm. but I think they got a real issue in their secondary. I'm not exactly sure if they get in a shootout that they won't lose a couple of games that way. Um, and so for me, I'm more in wait and see mode. I want to see how that part comes together. But, you know, they got the quarterback in Daniels. And um, obviously, you're able to, to get really good talent in terms of skill position players down there. But the secondary to me looks like it's going to be a little weak this year. So do you think over under nine and a half wins? That's what they're set at right now. I'm going to say that it's a nine win team. So I take the under on that. Now, the, the West is going to be really interesting in the SEC because I'm not sold on Alabama at this point either. Um, so I'm not exactly sure who comes out of there, but I think that you could see a team with three regular season losses that actually wins that division. Georgia. Can they, mm-hmm. can they make a three P or is it just going to, or is there better options to take? They're at plus two twenty to win it all this year. I would never take that, but is it worth it? Not for me. I think the three-peat is so difficult. It hasn't been done since Minnesota did it back in the 1930s. You're, you're talking about a team now that, that has a microscope on their program, and they've dealt with some issues throughout the offseason. I know from firsthand experience, when you win a championship, the stakes change in the way yeah. that people evaluate your program changes, but also the way that players operate changes a little bit too. And so you're fighting two battles. It's a battle on the football field against your opponents. And then it's a battle in the locker room to make sure that you can stay focused on what you're doing. They got a new quarterback coming uh, in Carson Beck, who was announced as a starter, um, hasn't played a ton. So it's not like I know a ton about this kid. I think that it's a team that doesn't necessarily rely on quarterback play the way that a USC or an Ohio state or even Alabama the last couple of years has. Um, so he's probably in a good spot. Uh, Brock Bowers could be one of the best players in the country this year. Certainly tight end one. Um, Lab McConkey at wide receiver. The guy feels like he's been there forever, but he's a really good player. And then I look at their backfield as well. Kendall Milton is a guy who I think could break out. They return seven dudes on defense. Like I, you're, you're asking me about a team basically 
do I think that they could do something that has rarely ever been done in college football? And I would play the odds on that one. But is this team going to be in the mix? Are they right in the thick of it by the end of the year? I absolutely believe that. Plus, their schedule. I know everybody's talking about it, but not like they got the most difficult schedule in America. Who takes them down then in the playoffs? It's a great question. I mean, Ohio State was a, a missed field goal and Marvin Harrison Jr. concussion away from it. Um, so I had Ohio it, to State. Me, to me, it would be a team that has an offense similar to the brand that Ohio State likes to play. And what I mean by that is I think you have to be able to, to you have to be able to challenge your secondary. You have to have firepower when you're going up against a team like Georgia. I don't think that you feel comfortable getting into a game where you say that we're going to grind it out and it's going to be low scoring and we're going to try to win because ultimately they were able to put up points a year ago. I think mm-hmm. you have to have that offensive firepower in order to beat a team like Georgia. So, um, you know, I, I don't think USC is a, a contender but think of the USC, think of the Ohio State in terms of what the offenses have been. That's the type of team. Now, as a former Ohio State Buckeye, I would be remiss not to discuss the Big Ten with you. But who's coming out of the Big Ten? I know your other favorite school is out in Ann Arbor. They, they're, they're loaded. They're loaded. I, <laughs> I, told you, I, I told you in the office, I really like them. 81% returning product, fifth highest in college football. Yeah. Can they get it done again? It's an interesting question um, because I, I picked them to win the Big Ten. I think they can win the conference once again. And yeah. they're, they're not my second favorite team in the conference. But I have nothing but respect for the way that they have handled business, specifically these last couple of years. Um, I look at Michigan. They have something that few teams that are you know in the mix, really, in the landscape of college football have, and that's a returning quarterback. They've got J.J. McCarthy, and I don't know what his development has looked like over the spring and the summer. Uh, but he is electric in terms of his movement skill. He's got a live arm. It's a little bit inaccurate. He's got to rein that in. And quite frankly, I don't think his receivers are um, up to the caliber of what other teams that you would say are, you know, a college football playoff contender would look like. But they've got a tight end in Colston Loveland, who I think could be one of the best in the country uh, by the time his career at Michigan's over. I see him like a, a Jake Butt type of a guy who could be an All-American Mackey Award winner. They've got the two-headed monster in the backfield with uh, Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum. They got seven dudes that can play on their offensive line. Um, they got a question at edge rusher defensively, but got returning production at linebacker. Secondary is going to be really good. Love Rod Moore at the safety position. Love Will Johnson at the cornerback position. Love him. He's physical. He challenges throws. He's got a ton of speed, like all the things that you want in a corner. Um, and so as I look at it, this is a team that can, and I predict will at this point win the big 10 conference. The question has never been, can they do that? Cause they've done it the last couple years, but then they get into the college football playoff. They haven't led a singular second of either one of the playoff games that they were in. Um, this like is a que- yes. And so to me, it's like, it's almost, it almost feels like Michigan is the best built team mm-hmm. to win the big 10. Yeah. But Ohio State feels like the best built team to win a national title out of the Big Ten. Can Michigan get it done? If there was a year, it'd be this year. And they got a lot of guys who will be leaving. They have a sexy but team. It, it is. And, and, it's and it's I sexy. It, but when you start to think about even the last couple of years, college football yeah. playoff comes around and it, it just has not connected the way they needed it to. And, and Jim Harbaugh, abysmal in the postseason as well. There's like the biggest knock on his career. Um, and, and at Michigan is the fact that he can't win games 
in the postseason. So they got to have a lot of things change in their favor for that to happen. But I love them uh, as we head into the season here. Now, another question, uh, Big Ten, who is coming out of the West? Is it, is it Iowa or Wisconsin? It's a great question. I, I think that you can make a legitimate argument for four to five teams, which is a ridiculous thing. I mean, that's every year for the West. Yeah, so Iowa, their big question is, does Cade McNamara move the needle enough that they can have a competent enough offense that they can win the West? Because their defense has been championship caliber. It will continue to be. They've got a true defensive system under Phil mm-hmm. Parker, who's their D coordinator. Um, Cade McNamara comes in. They get Eric all out of the transfer portal from Michigan as well. A a really dynamic tight end. Um, Luke Lachey is already on that roster at tight end. Like, can those three guys really change the game for him? It'll be a question. I like Wisconsin. I think the roster was in a good spot when Luke Fickle took over. And then he added to that. Tanner Mordecai is going to be the big question if he plays well. I think that it's a team that probably wins the West. But then I also look at Minnesota. And I know that uh, Tanner Morgan and Mo Ibrahim are gone. But they had depth in that running back room. Um, you know, Kaliak Manis, their, their quarterback, is a guy who did play some snaps last year, and he looked fine. Um, you know, do we get into the Illinois conversation? Is that somewhere that we want to venture? Our boy Brad um, would love that. I mean, Brett Bielema, I think, is a phenomenal football coach. He does a hell of a job with his program. Um, he made the transfer quarterback work a year ago. I know chase Brown is out the door and they lost a lot of production in their secondary. They might have the best defensive line in the big 10 when it's all said and done. Mm -hmm. And I think that their offensive system allows for a new guy to step in and be pretty successful at the quarterback spot. Um, so all that to say, there are going to be a lot of teams that I think can be competitive over there. Um, fact of the matter is Wisconsin feels like the safe pick because it seems like they've got the best constructed roster. But if Iowa can figure out how the hell to move the football further than the length of their foot at times, uh, mm-hmm. that's how bad it was. Um, I think that they can win the West as well. Wisconsin's currently the the favorite to win the West, and then it's Iowa, and then I think it's Minnesota. I forgot to look at the third. It's a question mark. Just put your money where you think it, where it feels the best. It's, it's a toss-up. Yeah. Now, I would love to play a little game with you. Let's buy or sell on Heisman, guys. Mm-hmm. We'll start with your boy, Marvin Harrison Jr., mm-hmm. my boy, my favorite college football player. He's the highest ticket. Everyone's on him. He's at plus 2,000 at the moment as we record on August 21st. What do you th- Are you buying on Marvin? I like the value. I, I don't, I don't the see value. Not, that's, like, I think that I believe that's pretty much why he's the highest ticket to take this because of the value. I mean, you got yeah. Caleb Williams, who's plus 500. I'm good. I'm good at a repeat. Yeah. I'm good. Right. And that's the thing about Caleb too, is like, you have to understand that it's a lot of, uh, you know, media members, people who write for a living, um, folks who cover the game that are voting on this. Ultimately, I think a lot of them, um, kind of have that thing in their mind where like, they don't want anybody to do it two times like Archie did. Yeah. Um, and so that works a little bit against Caleb. And also the fact of the matter is for a guy who won that damn award a year ago, nobody's really talking about him. They're talking about everything else. How bad USD's defense is the, you know, the conference realignment that's going on the West coast and their final year in the PAC 12 and the move to the big 10. Nobody's actually talking about how good of a player he is. Um, and so I, I think, I would avoid that one. Marv, just off of the value alone, I'm here for. Also, 
Mm-hmm. It's between him and Caleb Williams on like the best players yeah. in college football. He was yeah. ridiculous last year. I mean, the problem with winning the Heisman and then playing the next season is you have to double your production from last year, yeah. which was already incredible. So it's essentially impossible. Yeah, I mean, they're expecting you. They're expecting a magician to come yeah. out and, and debut some brand new tricks that nobody's ever yeah. seen before. And it's like, dog, the old tricks are still amazing. Like, I don't know why we can't be satisfied with this. Yeah, it's like Patrick Mahomes' rookie or sophomore season and then do it again next year. Uh, but times two, it's not possible. It's not. It's really not. It's unfair. All right. Uh, Joe Milton, are we buying or selling? Plus 2,500. Was a guy I had on my dark horse list. I think the Tennessee offense is one that um, allows quarterbacks to rack up stats. And we know part of this thing is stat accumulation. The other thing about it, man, he's so, he's so toolsy. He's so toolsy. He's big and he's strong. He can run a little bit. He's got an arm that is ridiculous. And so just again, like if I'm looking at value, I'm saying a guy that could be a dark horse. I think people would fall in love with the story quarterback who at Michigan, he transferred and he had to wait behind Hendon Hooker. And now all of a sudden it's his time to shine. Like the whole thing seems like it sets up if he has a good year that he's going to be thick in that conversation. He has the second highest ticket, according to MGM. That make, like, it's, it's all when you look at the value, you got to find like storylines because that's what sells yep. everything. And yep. you literally just sold me. I might put down a future after this on Joe Milton because it makes the most sense. My Listen, heart says Marvin, that. but that makes the most sense. And, and that's where I think you kind of have to like this Heisman thing is so far gone. And I say this also as somebody who whines constantly that I do not have a, a vote in the Heisman trophy. How do you, how do you um, get one? Not the sidetrack, well, but how do you get one? I, I think you uh, probably need recommendations, but they go based off of numbers. So I think like geographically, somebody has to uh, drop out in your, your region and then they can offer somebody a vote. But like basically everybody who I work with, um, you know, when I was at big 10 network, Dave Revson, Jerry Donardo, Howard Griffith, they all have them. One of my great friends, Nicole Auerbach, she's a Heisman voter. Like, and I'm sitting over here like, dog, can I get my vote please? (laughs) All right. Back to Michigan, Blake Corum. I already said it. That offensive line is decorated. It's, it's, it's sexy in, He's the second main person on that offense outside of his quarterback. Here's the thing. The way that Donovan Edwards played specifically toward the end of the year when Blake Corum was hurt, you think they got to split the pill a ton. Yeah. Like, I, I, I see a situation back. where they got to put both of them in the game at the same time. I think yeah. they're two of the, the top three offensive playmakers. So just from a – decreased workload standpoint like you have to understand and, and, and Blake Corum's average per carry was really good last year like it was up there yeah. but he was also a volume back like my mm-hmm. dude was getting 20 to 25 carries a game I don't see a situation where he consistently does that I think on you could have a week where he you know he has 22 carries you could also have a week where he has 12 touches and Donovan ends up having 20 touches yeah um and just from that standpoint I feel like I would stay away from it. I just don't know how much of the, the lion's share of the carries he's going to get compared mm-hmm. to a year ago. Yeah, it's tough being a running back when you share the ball. Uh, two more. 
I know you, you're a big fan of this guy, Jordan Travis, plus 1,600. Mm. Jordan like Travis, he's going to be throwing us some aliens this year. Keon Coleman. So you're, sell, are you, so you're selling? Uh, and the first, what's the dude's name? The Johnny sell. Wilson. The dude's like a 6'7 wide receiver. I'm, I might stay away from this one. I think there could be a situation where Florida State loses to LSU – and mm-hmm. then they turn around in week four and they lose to Clemson and then nobody's talking about them. Yeah. He doesn't get the, the hype because they got two losses by the end of September. And, and they already have high expectations. Story. Right. All right. Last one. I think this is the best value on the board. Brock Bowers. What's the, what are the odds? Plus six, uh, 6,600. Yeah. Just based off of that alone, <laughs> I told you. When we if they have a Georgia, perfect season, he's got to win it. He's got he's got to be a part of that reason of that. If them having another three or having a three peat. When we talked about Georgia, I said he could be the best player in the country. With that value alone, you got to sprinkle. I, you got to you, you throw put, a couple of shekels on it. <laughs> put put some pizza money on that thing. Yeah, throw a couple of shekels down. Throw a little Debbie money on it. Who cares? he's gonna be what a top 10 20 pick yeah i mean the tight end position is like a premium weapon nowadays like it's Mm -hmm. interchangeable being a wide receiver dude could be a top 10 pick and and i will say like last year that play that he had i know was just against kent state that my man took an end around a sweep to the end zone as a tight end I, I get it was Kent State or whatever it was, bro. That's ridiculous. I don't care who he's playing against. The dude, is, he's wild. All right, let's jump into the week zero games that start this Saturday. I sold myself on this one before we started recording. You know, I got excited. Hawaii versus Hawaii at Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is minus 17. This game sounds like an absolute crap show because, one, Vanderbilt Stadium is under construction. It, who's going? Who's going to this game? Well, I, I would if I wasn't busy. I'd be out there. Um, but if I could go to point, Nashville, I would too. It's a hard place to sell out. And you mentioned the stadium issue. I don't know how how recently you've seen photos. They don't even look like and, – and the project wasn't supposed to be done until next year. But, I mean, they look like they're in the thick of a project that ain't going to be done until next year. It's, it's, it's wild to me. But and then on top of that, Hawaii just had the fire, the the fires in Maui. Uh, is who who's more ready to play? That's a I think a, a good point you bring up too. Like I think Hawaii, anytime they're traveling all the way out east like that, it's always going to be a challenge, and they've done it before. But like mm-hmm. getting on a plane and having your body adjust to the so time far. change, and it's 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 a lot. And then you add in the fact that. Um, a lot of those players are probably dealing with, you know, family and different things that um, are, are a distraction for anybody. They're thinking about more than just football and they should be like, that's a natural thing to do when, when there's natural disasters surrounding you. Um, this, this, it could be funky. The other thing that intrigues me too, man, Vanderbilt won more games. Than anybody thought they were going to win a year ago. They beat Florida. Yeah. Like, no, nobody thought they were going to do anything. And they ended up actually being like, way more of a competitive out than people gave him credit for. I'm just intrigued to see if there is a little something to Vanderbilt saying that, yeah, we're never going to be a contender. We're never going to be one of the top teams. We're not going to be anybody's doormat either. Yeah. 
And but 17 seems like a big number. I know Hawaii doesn't have a good defense. Neither does Vanderbilt. 17. I'm I'm gonna take I'm taking Vanderbilt. Uh, but then would you take Hawaii next the following week against Stanford at home? Ooh, they're at home. Stanford. They're at home. That you gotta win. You gotta win the first game at home if you're Hawaii. Have to. I don't. Have, they don't have to do anything. That's true. But <laughs> bear with me. Bear with me, Joshua. <laughs> Come on. Uh, I'm staying away from anything that's got Stanford on it. You think Stanford's gonna be good? No, that's what I'm, I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying, would you from, would you hammer anything? Hawaii? Well, no, because Stanford turned around and beat Notre Dame a year ago when 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 Stanford was awful. That's I I have no idea what they're going. This to This is a fantastic is segue. This is a fantastic segue, JP. Let's talk about my least favorite college in the whole world, Notre Dame. Let's just jump into it. Look at you. Let's just yeah, – I hate Notre Dame. All right. But but another team with hype with the newcomer Sam Hartman. Yes. Can I trust Notre yeah. Dame this year? Can I trust them what against you, Navy? What's your, what do you mean by – what do you mean by can you trust them? Because this is always an interesting thing to me because people will do the Notre Dame is overrated. And there were a couple of years where they certainly were. I feel like they usually end up right where they're supposed to be. And, you know, they'll start off as a, a top 10 or a top 15 team. And by and large, they'll end up as a top 15 team, right? Like, do I think that they are a top 15, top 20 team this year? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. 100% I do. Um, Sam Hartman, I think he's a game changer for them. I don't love his mechanics all the time. And I think he can be inaccurate in the short and intermediate. But when he's thrown over the middle of the field and when he's throwing the deep ball, my man can dot people up. So I definitely like that about him. Um, Notre Dame has always been a question to me about wide receiver talent. Yeah. And so I think he's going to have to elevate guys, no doubt. Um, but I think this is going to be an aggressive defense. Um, they got Javante Jean Baptiste, who transferred in from Ohio State to kind of fill Isaiah Foskey's role over there on the edge. They've got a veteran linebacker group. Like they've got three dudes coming back that can ball. And then I like their cornerback position too. I think they've got two outside corners and a nickel that can play. Um, and so as I look at this team, like, do I expect them to be a CFP contender? No, I do not. Do I expect this team to be a new year six caliber type of squad? I think they could do that this year. Like, I don't think it's just hype. I trust them against Navy. And as a matter of fact, I think Sam Hartman changes the calculus um, for this game too, because when Navy wants to go and line seven dudes up on the line of scrimmage and get aggressive, because that's the way that they like to try to challenge people. He can take the top off. He can throw that deep ball on the one-on-one route and it could be 88 and out the gate. So I know that, uh, you may be a Notre Dame. Hater, but, but, but when they're I good, college football is good rated right now, but when they're good, college yeah. football is at its peak. Absolutely. So I, but I, I think they're properly right. I'm more of a person that likes to be proven wrong when I have a strong opinion. But so you're taking Notre Dame minus 20 and a half is what you're saying. You're saying they're going to. Well, I'm going to be. Uh, I'm covering this game, so I'm going to stay away from giving a pick on it. That's fair. That's um, fair. But what what I will say is I think that Notre Dame is offensively going to be um, in a position to take advantage of Navy when they get aggressive. Mm-hmm. Flip side of that, I think that Navy is going to surprise a lot of people who think it's going to be the same old mm-hmm. same 
because they have a new offensive coordinator. His name is Grant Chestnut. Uh, comes from Kennesaw State, and he's a triple option guy. But they get in shotgun, and they throw the ball some too. And so those big shot opportunities where you see Navy kind of hit you on a, a pass where you're not expecting it, they've got more of a passing mentality, and I think that adds a lot of stress to the defense. So um, this will be an interesting one, no doubt. I think um, I think there are a lot, there's a lot of intrigue, but when you get down to brass tacks, Notre Dame – they're the better football team. They've got the better personnel, and they should go out and, and execute like they're the better football team. Take Notre Dame on the spread. Final game, <laughs> San Jose State versus USC. USC comes in as a 30-and-a-half-point favorite. Is there any value taking San Jose State? No. No, I think this is a uh, – for multiple reasons. Number one, Caleb Williams – Heisman, mm-hmm. it's a stat thing. He's got to do want to go out and put up 350 yards, three, four touchdowns, the whole deal. Um, flip side of that, all we ever talk about is how bad their defense is, USC's, mm-hmm. and I am one of those people. Their defense is god awful. And so this is an opportunity for them to start off on the right foot against an overmatched opponent. So I expect very few points. Um, opposite of USC, and I expect for USC to go out there and just. Now that, I like that. Joshua, do you have anything else for the people? No. I love it. I love it. I think they're going to love it. (laughs) Thank you so much, man. This means a lot to me. I can't wait for Saturday, and I can't wait to hear your voice at the Notre Dame Navy game. Oh yeah, it's going to be great. We got a. Uh, I'll be on pregame and halftime coverage with NBC, so make sure y'all check that out for that game. But it's going to be a good one. They're playing over in Ireland. I will be in Connecticut, so not at the game, but we'll be on the coverage for it. And it's going to be. Well, when I one. see it, I'll put the phone real close to the TV and make your head look huge, like I did that one time. Oh yeah, that's your favorite thing to do. <laughs> I mean, it's hilarious. I don't like that. I, I disagree. It's very disconcerting. Fine. As a friend, Makes since you did bad. me a favor, I'll do you a favor and not take a picture of it. No, you can take I'll send picture. it to you Just via text sure you and I won't it post it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. Thank you so much. All right, man. Now, wasn't that awesome? Joshua killed it for us. Episode one. We're off to a fantastic start. Now, I, I have to give out some picks. We know Joshua didn't give out any picks for the Notre Dame-Navy game because he's working it. That's fine. But guess what? I got one for us. Let's just dive into the week zero picks. I only got two for us. A little sample. Just get, getting our feet wet. We're getting a little nibble. I'm ugh, fired up. Fired up for week zero. Without further ado, here are the week zero picks. Notre Dame-Navy under 50 and a half. Why? These are two of the slowest teams last season. Two slow teams. We all know Navy. Super slow. They are just going to run, run, they're running, they're running, they're running, they're running, they're running the whole game. They're going to run the whole game and just nibble that clock away. Remember that a little earlier? Remember that? Two seconds ago? That's them nibbling the clock away. Notre Dame's slow, too. I don't see them having an explosive offense. I don't see it because I don't trust it. And if I don't trust it, I'm – what am I going to trust? Nothing to trust. It's Notre Dame. It's Notre Dame, people. 
I will be calling them the Dallas Cowboys of college sports until they prove me wrong. I love to be proven wrong. Prove me wrong. I also would rather get burned on the over at 50 and a half than get burned taking either spread because I don't trust either team because I can totally see Navy putting up 10 points and then Notre Dame scoring 30, still covering the under. And guess what? We're right around Notre Dame covering, same with Navy. You see what I'm getting at? I also love unders. I also love underdogs. I love dogs. You know me. You know the saying, hot, corn, bull, dogs. I love all dogs, any dog. Without further ado, here is the second pick. Oh, would you look at that? Would you look at the second pick I got for us? It's an underdog. Hawaii plus 17 and a half. I know we just just discussed this game, but here's my take. We're going with the dog because essentially this is a neutral site game in my psychotic sicko brain. This is a neutral game because who's going to this one? Baseball school, people forget. Two, this team is going to be terrible. Both teams have a horrific defense. Horrific. Oh, but Hawaii's bit. So is Vanderbilt's. And with Hawaii's run and shoot offense, slinging that thing the entire game, I think they can handle Vanderbilt's defense and both teams just being neck and neck. I do not think it is going to be 17 and a half point differential in this game. I see it being closer than that. I'm also overly selling myself on Hawaii's quarterback who has put on 20 pounds of muscle this offseason going into his junior year after playing last season, which wasn't that great for Hawaii. We all know that. But he also played Vanderbilt week one, and they got the doors blown off. What else would you want to – if you're this kid, what do you want to do week one? Blow the doors off of Hawaii, off of Vanderbilt. He knows this defense. And he knows this offense, Hawaii's offense. And with a year of this offense under his belt already, I believe this kid will help lead this team possibly to a win. I think they're like plus 625 to win. It's a sprinkle. I might, I might sprinkle, but I love the spread. I love this kid. Braden Shager, I might be your number one fan for week zero. Might be your number one fan. I mean, he didn't do really well last year against Vanderbilt, but guess what? There's room for improvement, and putting on 20 pounds of muscle is just shows he wants it. Kid's hungry. Guess who else is hungry? Me for some freaking wins. Let's go have a week. <laughs> <laughs>